Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose, going to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations, going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? Today, we have another uh, short little punchy episode uh, by myself. Hopefully, this will be the last one. We are putting the foot on the gas pedal. We've got some things figured out. Uh, Zoom does actually work decent for podcasts, uh, so we're going to be utilizing Zoom in the future. Hopefully, be getting some be- some guests back on for the main portion of the Purpose podcast. Uh, the, the focus kind of shifted to one flesh uh, for a little bit, and then, again, we couldn't have any guests on for a while, so for uh, we finally tried it with Clint Walker on One Flesh. Worked out beautifully, other than the fact that I didn't pay for the full membership, uh, and we ended up having to like have a break in the middle of it, uh, which was my fault. I just didn't uh, just didn't want to pay for the full membership until I knew how it worked because I thought it was only on a yearly basis. I didn't know that you could pay it for like fifteen bucks a month to try it out. So uh, yeah, that was that was pretty embarrassing having Clint Walker, a dude who I I really respect and really respect his time. Uh, <laughs> every time he comes on the podcast, there's always a problem, um, which has only been twice, but it's enough to to be embarrassing. But uh, luckily, he's a really cool dude and, and has a lot of grace and you know gives a lot of grace. So. It was no big deal, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so we've got things working again, and so I hope to return to the uh, the regularly scheduled having a guest on occasionally, or you know, every Sunday uh, to talk about their purpose and and get another person's perspective. But this should be the last week of, of not being able to do that. So. Um, Anyway, guys, again, this is going to be really quick, really dirty. It, it, it's going to be probably pretty short. I've got a really, really busy day today. Just want to hop in and make sure that you get an episode. And uh, again, I don't, I don't know that uh, me talking into a mic is, is really the, the, the benefit that you need. I don't know that I have all the answers. So I'm just going to give you my thoughts on a couple different things. Uh, so topic one is going to be uh, building your community. I talked about building a community for your wife on the One Flesh podcast, and I, I just want to give my thoughts about uh, dudes, you know, building their community. And we've kind of danced around it. Hell, there may even be an episode that I talk specifically about building your brotherhood. Um, I don't remember at this at this point what I've what I've talked about, but uh, you know. The, the next the next topic after that is going to be called metrics for success but uh, let's go ahead and jump into kind of building your community guys it, it's it, it's really important to have the right people around you um, and when I mean the right people I've, I've talked about this before with a couple different people with Jonah uh, Nick a couple different guys um, the key to a good community is that either you are able to you're able to make them better or they are able to make you better preferably both uh, where I see you know where I see a lot of guys mess up is they focus their community around people that they like which is important you want to be able to like the people around you uh, but they're not always focused on this transaction of, of making each other better and, and influencing each other and, and where their lives are headed, uh, which direction that their lives are headed. And I think that's kind of bad news because you end up with uh, more shallow relationships 
than what you do if you focus on, hey, how can I make this person's life better? How can they help make mine better? Um, so when, when you're trying to form a community with dudes, make sure that, that there is some sort of, of transaction not, I, I hesitate to use the word of transaction, but um, make sure that the influence that you have on one another is in a positive way. Um, don't let, and, and how do I put this? That even means from you to them. So a lot of guys won't have people in their circle that they don't feel like benefit them and their goals. Uh, they won't spend a lot of time around people that don't have the next best thing for them or, you know, that, that can't give them pieces of information that they can take and go achieve their goals with. And I think that that's just as bad as, um, as, as always, like as hanging out with people that, um, people that always bring you down, you know, if you've got friends that are alcoholics or friends that party all the time and that, uh, don't they, you know, they actively keep you away from your goals. Uh, I think it's just as bad to have only a group of people that, uh, that bring you up that, you know, that you can't actually help out and, and give to, if that makes any sense. I know this is kind of clunky and I'm sitting down because I, I didn't, <laughs> didn't have anything prepared, uh, which is my fault, but, um, you know, what I see is these really high achieving guys that, uh, they, they, they're hustling and they're working really, really hard as they should be. But what tends to happen in, in my estimation, and I'm young and this may be completely false, but when they tend to focus on, Hey, how can I, uh, how can I surround myself with people that can help move me forward? Uh, they end up with, again, these, these more shallow connections with other dudes, um, and I think it's going to bite them in the ass in the long run, uh, because, you know, when you're surrounding yourself with other hustlers, not much time is left for personal, personal relationships and personal connections. Uh, now I could be very wrong on that. That's, that's just my thoughts. Um, that, that, that's just my thoughts, but I think that a really good community of brothers is a mix of people that you are helping them out, uh, and they are helping you out. And I found that in my community that it, it, what it really allows me to do is exercise this this personal excellence, this this leadership uh, in multiple different facets. I've got friends that are doing way better than me, and when I have a, a conversation with them, I'm the follower. Uh, when I have a conversation with them, I'm learning. Uh, when I have a conversation with them, it's an exercise in humility uh, to be able to, you know, put my ego down and listen to what they have to say because they've been there before and they're helping me out. Let's talk about uh, Cade Carter. Cade Carter's ten years older than me. Um, absolutely awesome dude. He's he's been there and and done that as far as I'm concerned. Like in reference to me, he's been there and done that. Uh, he's gone through a lot of the same things I've gone through. And, you know, there are opportunities for him to learn from me, but most of it is me learning from him. Most of it is, is him, you know, helping me make my life better. And, you know, again, we're just, we are friends, but we have serious conversations. And so when I talk to Cade Carter, uh, it's, it's me learning how to follow. It's, it's me exercising that ability to follow. And, you know, some of it is, you know, taking hits to the ego because he is right in a lot of areas that um, he's doing better in a lot of areas that I'm doing poorly. Uh, and then I turn around and I'm not going to mention these friends, but uh, just because I don't want to like 
I don't know how to articulate it in a way that it might not upset people, but there's ways that I'm doing better or I've already done things uh, that my other buddies haven't. And so when I'm on the phone with them or when I'm having conversations with them about marriage, buying a house, uh, you know, lifting weights, doing all that stuff, I get to exercise that leadership. Um, I get to say, okay, well, Cade taught me this about finances. Um, I learned that. I've exercised it myself. And then now I get to exercise it to the point that I'm teaching it to somebody else. Uh, and so really all it does is, is make me better. Uh, that's, that's really all it does. And, and my opinions change, you know, as I, as I, you know, try to tell people about some things, let's, you know, marriage or something like that. Uh, you know, I used to tell people to live together because in my experience that, uh, you know, we lived together before we got married and it worked out fine. I mean, it did work out fine. I think it can work out fine. Uh, but now when I tell people, uh, it's been shown to me that I just don't know that it's the best way to do it. Can it work out? Yeah, it can work out, but it doesn't seem like it's the best way to do it. And it seems like it has more failure than it does success. Um, so I've changed my mind on that and that wouldn't have happened. It, it wouldn't have happened if I didn't both have the, the Cade Carter telling me his experience and telling me what he, uh, what he thinks. And then me trying to like, articulate my views to somebody who needs help because Cade said, yeah, I don't think it's a good idea. And then when I'm like telling somebody else and trying to, trying to tell them, you know, what I think about living together before marriage, uh, then I might realize that I'm a little bit more wrong than what I think because I'm trying to explain it to them. And when I'm trying to make justifications for why they should live together before marriage, it's just not working out. And then I'm like, well, damn it. Maybe that, that maybe that means I'm wrong is because I can't actually make sense of, of my opinions. And so having that dichotomy of people that you look up to and then people that you're willing, that you're able to give a hand up to, uh, it's, it's very important. It is, it is really important guys. Um, and like I said, you know, the people that only have that, only have the friendships with the guys that they're looking up to, the the deep personal close friendships that, and they only have those with guys that they're looking up to. Uh, I'm not going to say that they're that they're not going to have a great life. I'm not going to say that they're uh, that they don't have good friendships or a good community. But in my experience, a better formula is to have people that you're helping up while people are helping you up as well. Um, so that's that's just kind of a thought. Another thing that I want to explore is. Uh, you know, what happens when you have to kind of call somebody out of your community? Um, you know, I, I'm going to struggle to find a, a metaphor for this because I don't, or an analogy or whatever the hell you call it, uh, for this, because I don't really know, but it's like, you know, the one apple that goes bad and, you know, it spreads the mold to every, every other apple in the basket, or, uh, you've got one branch of a tree that's going dead. That's got a fungus and the rest of it's going to have a fungus or gain a better is probably gangrene in, in a human body, which is kind of morbid. But, uh, if your hand gets gangrene, uh, probably best to chop it off pretty quick. Um, let's talk about that in your community. And one thing that I've found over the past couple of years, because um, I've been in this weird kind of phase uh, with my friends to where I I make new ones and just almost as soon as I make new ones, others leave uh, my community. And whether that's by, whether it's my fault or their fault, I mean, if we're following, you know, Jocko, it, I always need to take ownership of that. It's, it's always my fault when a when a relationship crumbles, but whether I initiated it or they initiated it and I just didn't take responsibility for it either way. Um, it, it almost seems like as soon as somebody comes in, somebody else leaves. Um, and it's, it sucks. It's, it's hard. And you know, one thing about maintaining a community, I think 
I haven't really explored this, but I do think that there needs to be a standard for who you allow in your community. I think that there needs to be a, a baseline. Hey, look, we're going to believe these things. We're going to do these things the right way. We're going to have these attributes, and then you can be in my community. And that doesn't mean that you all have to have the same political views. That doesn't mean that you all have to be the same religion. It doesn't mean that you all um, have to like the same sports. What it does mean is that you all need to have some sort of agreed upon way of behaving um, that, that, that doesn't, how do I put this? To, to make sure that you're all going to grow together. Because if you don't agree upon certain things, then you're not going to be able to grow when when the hard times come. Uh, it, it's kind of hard, and I know I'm not articulating it very well, but um, it also comes to you know your growth. If you're, if you're spending all this time with people that... Um, I guess where, what are, where I'm trying to articulate it is when you're trying to give them a hand up, what I've noticed is when you're trying to give them a hand up, if they don't have the same fundamental beliefs as you, you you're just spinning your wheels because you know, the things that you believe, at least for me, let's talk about uh, going and getting after it in the gym. I, I There are fundamental reasons that I believe that that's a good thing. And when I'm trying to give somebody a hand up to go and get after it in the gym, if they don't have those same fundamental beliefs, then I'm never going to break through because it's it's the rock of, of which my opinion is built on. And if I, if I can't establish that rock with them, then they're not going to be able to build the same, you know, opinion or the same uh, mindset that I've got. And so what I found is that sometimes you just have to not really cut ties. I don't, I don't recommend, I used to just say cut ties and never talk to them again, you know, um, and sometimes they would do that to me, but I, I would used to just say, man, I'm just not even going to deal with it anymore. I don't think you need to do that. But what I do think is, is, is throttling down, uh, the amount of influence that you try to exert and, and the amount of times that you interact with them until they start to come back around that seems to be what works for me in the past is just saying, okay, look, man, uh, you and I are not aligned. And, and I'm not saying actually have this conversation. I'm saying in your own head, you say, look, this guy and I just, we're just not aligned. Um, everything that, you know, all of our conversations tend to not be of any substance. That's a good indicator of whether somebody has the fundamental beliefs that you do, uh, is if your conversations, uh, can take a serious form and, and still be a good conversation. You know, a lot of times I tend to, when, when these people that I realize that I'm not aligned with, uh, the, one of the key indicators is when we try to have these serious conversations and we're just on completely different wavelengths. Let's say we talk about, uh, you know, talk about college or we talk about abortion or we talk about, um, you know, religion and stuff like that. And when we're just on completely different wavelengths, uh, it's, it, it becomes very hard and, and that's kind of a good indicator that they're just not in the same place that I'm at and maybe their beliefs aren't, aren't, aren't the same. And when you start to see that, that's when I'm like, okay, maybe I won't invite them to this get together. You know, maybe, maybe I won't call them to hang out. Uh, maybe I won't, you know, uh, maybe I won't, uh, you know, shoot them a Snapchat when I shoot all my other friends a Snapchat or, or whatever it is, however you interact with your people, uh, maybe you leave them out of a few and you just say, man, I just don't think that, that, that you need to be a part of the community not, don't tell them that, but that's what you're saying in your head. And what I found is that the people who really don't belong in that community, they'll kind of fade away. Uh, they'll go and they'll find their own community and, and, 
it'll, it'll be okay. The people that do belong in that community tend to come back. And what they'll do is they'll tend to realize that, Hey, you haven't called them in a little bit. Uh, Hey, you haven't, um, you haven't talked to them in a little bit. And I know this is kind of different than what I've said in the past. I, I think you do need to, for all the people in your community, I think you need to keep regular, regular conversation. I think you need to talk to them. I think you need to share ideas with them uh, and keep that at a, at a regular pace. You know, I mean, even weekly. I think that I don't know that how people can call call somebody their, their close friends if they're not talking like at least once every two weeks or something like that. Uh, I have very few friends that we don't talk once every two weeks. Uh, and even then we still talk, you know, a little bit. Uh, and when we do end up on the phone, you know, once a month, it's an hour, two hour long phone conversation. Uh, and those guys have a lot going on. And that's why I'm a little bit more lenient with, you know, how often we communicate, but I think it's really hard to develop those, those key, uh, those key relationships with such little communication. Um, anyway, moving on, uh, you know, you, you start to communicate less. And what I found is that those people that don't really belong in that, in that community, uh, tend to kind of either fade away or they'll, they'll slowly come back. Um, and I struggle with that quite a bit because I want everybody to be in my community. I want, you know, not everybody, but, I want a big community and I want to be able to help all these people or be able to have all these people, um, in my circle. And I don't, I don't know why that is. I don't know why, um, I want to have a lot of people in my circle. I, a lot of people don't want to have a lot of, you know, a lot of, uh, dudes don't care about having a big circle. I want to have a big circle with deep relationships. Uh, and that becomes very, very difficult. And, you know, a lot of people would say that's close to impossible, but, um, it, it, it sucks when somebody has to, has to leave the community and when somebody uh, doesn't align with you and you thought that they did align with you and it it, it just sucks but um, I think I'm going to get off this topic but I guess the last thing I want to do is just stress the importance uh, of that community and having guys that you can call and uh, and, and talk with it, again it's it's been a repeated theme over and over again but it's just kind of hitting a little bit harder this week uh, to have those those relationships that you can count on uh, you know the way that I think it's helped me is just giving me this kind of realization that I'm not, maybe not alone. Uh, I don't know why that, that wasn't where I was going with that, but that's the words that came out of my mouth. Uh, so maybe that's, what's really going on in my head is that maybe I'm just not alone, uh, in facing some of these, some of these, uh, these trials, I guess that you, you go through. Um, the other thing is, I think it, it makes me feel good to, uh, to help people out, to, to lead people. I really, it, it really does make me feel good to lead people. Um, I love to have those one hour to two hour conversations where I'm helping a guy, you know, helping one of my brothers walk through a problem, uh, that it feels so good to do that. Um, it feels better than a workout. It feels better than a therapy session. It, it feels better than almost anything to be able to sit on a phone with somebody and uh, not even on a phone. I mean, I would rather it be in person, but that's kind of how it goes is on the phone. Uh, but to sit with somebody and just talk about what, uh, talk about their issues and, and to give assistance, uh, to, you know, to help them with what they're going through. Uh, it feels, and if it, maybe that'll give a lot of clarity to people for why I am the way that I am. But that is probably one of my top, if you, top ten favorite uh, activities is is to help lead people through the issues that they're going through. Now I don't know that I could do it twenty four seven. I don't know that I would ever want to do it for money, but. Um, I, I, well, I mean, I don't know. I guess that's kind of what I'm doing here. Uh, I would love to do this for money, but 
I think in person with like specific people, it would be get kind of hard anyway. Um, you know, I don't want to be a therapist, but it, it helps. It just makes me feel good to, to walk with, through those issues with people. Uh, and it feels good when people want to do that for me, you know, Cade, <laughs> my buddy Cade, uh, it's so funny because he'll schedule lunch. Like we'll, we'll go and do lunch. And, uh, the guy, I don't know if he, I don't know what books he's reading. I don't know if he's just become really good at it, but he is so good at, at like conversation. And, uh, you know, we talk a lot about this, uh, this idea that you're supposed to talk about the other person and ask the other person questions. And that's what makes somebody feel, feel important and want to be your friend. And Kate is, he's so good at that. Like it always just, everybody knows that I like to talk a lot and I like to talk about myself a lot, just like everybody else does. Um, and, and Katie, he just exploits that every time we sit down for lunch, it's just like immediately a question about myself. And then an hour goes by and all we've done is talk about myself. (laughs) And it's so awesome because, you know, I like, I like having that done for me as well. I like it when people sit down, uh, with the goal to help me work through my problems. Uh, it feels really good. And I love, love, love doing it for somebody else. Uh, and it's so important, you know, Cade specifically has helped me through, uh, a lot of different issues that, um, you know, I probably would have gotten through, but not nearly as quick. And the answers wouldn't have been nearly as evident. Uh, Brett, Brett has helped me through a lot. Uh, to, you know, in the, in the most recent season of getting through some of these issues. Uh, it's just important guys. It's, it's really important. And if you don't have that, uh, I I really want to challenge you to where if you're not having these deep conversations with people, at least on a weekly basis, I'm not saying you need to talk with everybody on a weekly basis. If you're not having at least one deep conversation with one of your friends on a weekly basis, once a week, uh, you need to reevaluate your circle. I'm going to say that with with pretty starch confidence. Uh, let's say that you have four good friends. Uh, you can make one deep conversation uh, every single week, and you need to be doing that. And if you're not able to do that, that means that your circle is not the right circle. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and, and say that with, with some authority, that at least once a week, you need to be having these deep conversations. And if you don't, do, if you're not doing that, then you need to start. And if you find that it's not possible uh, to do that with your group of friends, maybe you need to look for a different community. Um, yeah, I'm going to say that with some authority. And I, I don't know why exactly I feel that. Uh, I just do. So anyway, guys, I'm going to move on uh, from that topic. And the next thing that I'm going to talk about is is markers for success, specifically when getting started with a goal. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty active on Twitter. Uh, I say I'm pretty active. I don't post a whole lot. I scroll a whole lot. I like a whole lot. I retweet. Um, and then occasionally I'll comment. I'm actually protected on Twitter right now for other reasons. But um you know, I'll comment a lot on things. And there was one guy, uh, I don't even know his name. I just, he just came to mind, but he posted on there that he was going to have to start looking for like non-visible sources of motivation for his weight loss, that he wasn't able to see the effects just yet. And and that the scale was still kind of, still kind of demoralizing because it would go up and down and stuff like that. And I 100% understood that. I, I got that, um, especially from when I first started. And if any of you have any big goals, uh, let's say you want to write a book. Let's say you want to start a podcast. Let's say you want to, uh, lose a bunch of weight. Um, 
I'm going to tell you right now, this is in my, my experience, which I think is pretty valuable because I have started and not necessarily, I've completed a few goals, but I have started and achieved a lot of success on a few goals over the past couple of years. So I do feel like I'm able to speak authoritatively on this point. Um, one of the, one of the biggest mistakes that you can make, uh, early in, early in the desire, how do I say this early in, in the goal journey? I don't, I don't know how else to say that. Sorry. Um, one of the biggest mistakes you can make early when trying to achieve a goal is choosing the wrong markers for success. Uh, you know, let's take the example of weight loss. I'm going to dive into weight loss a little bit. Some people will say, well, I want to lose 50 pounds. Okay. Uh, the wrong marker for success is losing 50 pounds. That's the goal. Okay. That doesn't mean that you're successful, uh, in that immediately, immediately. We're talking about day one. What you need to understand is that what's going to get you to that 50 pound mark is daily success, having success every single day. And that doesn't, try how do i put this try to find markers of success that don't have anything to do with your not don't have anything to do sorry i should have i should have fleshed this this idea out a little bit better before i sat down but i was in a hurry and i didn't get the idea to talk about it until today uh it didn't hit me until today at church but how how am i saying this you need to establish daily routines and daily goals that aid you in achieving your main goal and that's how we're gonna. That's how we're gonna monitor success. So let me just break it down to the simplest form. When you when you try to decide whether you are successful or not uh, with achieving fifty pounds, that that win or a loss for the day is not going to come from the scale. Okay, that's that's the quantitative measure that you know uh, that you want to eventually achieve is is fifty pounds lost. We're going to take other markers that you, that you know will get you to that weight loss. So let's talk about a, a calorie deficit. We're going to burn more than we eat. Okay, what does that involve? That involves tracking our food. That involves working out. That involves drinking plenty of water. Okay, we're going to guesstimate, um, which is that's all that nutrition science is, is a guesstimation as far as calories and stuff go. We're going to guesstimate um, what our calories out are. Okay, then we're going to guesstimate what our calories in need to be. And we're going to set that as a goal to make sure that our calories in are the same every single day. Our calories out, that involves getting a workout in every single day, preferably two 45-minute workouts or whatever you want to do. Uh, we're going to set a goal for water every single day. And those are going to be our markers for success for a long time. Uh, I would I would recommend setting up uh, like maybe monthly or every two week benchmarks uh, to make sure that your your markers for success are on the right track. What do I mean by that? I mean, when you're early in your steps of weight loss, don't step on a scale for at least two weeks. For at least two weeks. Uh, if you're stepping on a scale every two weeks, that will give you an idea of if you're heading in the right direction. Don't step on a scale daily. And let's say for two weeks, uh, you're not heading in the right direction. Well, you've still been successful for two weeks because you're doing the things that you set out to do. That's not a failure. It just means that you need to do something different. Um, and again, I don't really have the tools to talk about this mindset uh, effectively. I wish I had Nick Shelton sitting here in front of me because he's the mindset king. But um, 
what I'm talking about is that a lot of people feel defeated when the quantitative measurement that they're looking for isn't the right number and including myself including myself and i'm going to tell you that this is going to get a lot more difficult as you get further down your journey but it's a lot easier the 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 mindset aspect is going to get more difficult as you get further down your journey but it's going to be easier uh, to keep going because you've already established these daily routines uh, and you know that as long as you do this daily routine you will be successful eventually you may have to tweak it you may have to modify it uh, but it, it the the sense of failure isn't a daily occurrence I hope that makes sense I hope I'm making a lot of sense right now and I hope that this podcast isn't just trash I, I hope I'm making sense that you know what gets a lot of people down is this ultimate sense of failure when they don't see success uh, at the rate that they think that they need to see it and that's why we're going to change our our markers for success into something that can be achieved daily that is in line with what you what what you know you want to do so for example uh writing a book let's say uh Let's say that uh, you want to write a book on something. I don't, I don't know what it is. And you want your book to be around 300 pages. Well, it's going to be hard to write 300 pages worth of a book. You know, you may want to have a goal to write two pages a day or to write a chapter a week or something like that. That's going to be incredibly difficult. And you know that you'll be able to get there. Uh, but you may not see the results as quick as what you want. The writing one chapter or two chapters a week, that may be hard. And so instead of setting that as the marker for success, what we're going to set as a marker for success is maybe uh, a certain amount of words written or a certain amount of time spent writing, and that's going to be success. So let's say, because you may not be able to make it to a chapter in a day, or you may not be able to make a whole page a day, but you know for a fact that you can sit down and you can write for 10 minutes. And if you write for 10 minutes every single day, uh, you're going to eventually have a book on your hands. If you do it every single day, you're going to have a book on your hands. So when we when we judge markers for success on a goal, we want to make sure that it's still something difficult to do. It's still something that requires discipline. We're not getting out easy by writing for 10 minutes a day, but we, we need it to be something that we know we can do uh, without the, without that significant frustration of failure. Now, if you fail to write for 10 minutes a day, yeah, it's going to suck, but it's it's less correlated with the result and more correlated with the process, if that makes any sense. I, I, I hope it does. I hope this is valuable. Um, I hope this isn't just trash. And like I said, I just thought about it before I sat down, like, hey, I might want to talk about this. That's why I don't have notes. And I'm not really a notes guy anyway, so I apologize. Um, but it's going to be more related to the journey and less related, related to the end goal. Uh, now, if you've sat down and wrote for 10 minutes every single day and you look up and two weeks later, you don't have a chapter, a coherent chapter, well, then maybe you need to reevaluate what you're doing. Uh, maybe you need to reevaluate how you're writing, the research that you're doing. Um, maybe you need to reevaluate the, the stipulations of how you're writing in you know one 10-minute session every single day. But at least you've done your 10 minutes and that is success. You have not failed because you've written for 10 minutes every single day. Uh, and if you keep doing that, eventually you will succeed. So I think a good, uh, 
a good way to wrap that up in a coherent fashion, which I know it hasn't been coherent for the last 10 minutes. I, I apologize, guys. I'm typically much better, uh, much more well-spoken than what I have been in this episode. Uh, or, yeah, episode. Um, what we're going to say is that your markers for success need to be far more related to the journey than the result. Uh, they need to They need to give you the result that you want eventually, but it needs to be much more related to the process than the result, especially early on. I weigh every day now. I weigh every single day. The reason I weigh every single day is so that my app can tell me how many calories or whatever uh, I need to take in. It's very, very stressful, but if I don't give my app consistent results, then it doesn't have the ability to use all the formulas and and to catch when I'm going... uh, when I'm eating too much or when I'm eating too little. So I, I weigh every day, but I did not weigh every day at the beginning of my weight loss. It was it was too stressful of an idea to to get on the scale and, and try to see whether I've gained a pound or lost a pound. I had no clue um, on how the body actually worked. I had no clue that you could gain or lose four pounds overnight. Um, that, that can happen. Okay. I've lost 60 pounds now. I know a little bit of something about weight loss and it is an absolute fact that you can gain or lose like up to six pounds. I mean, I I think my biggest swing has been six pounds. Uh, I think I've, I've, I've had a 12 pound fluctuation within a week. So as in, you know, gaining 12 pounds from Sunday to Monday and then the next, you know, Sunday to Monday, not gaining 12 pounds, gaining six pounds from Sunday to Monday, and then the next uh, Sunday to Monday losing uh, that 12 pounds again, or that six pounds again. Sorry, guys, I apologize. Anyway, I've had a 12-pound fluctuation within about a week, as in overnight gaining six pounds, and then the next week overnight losing six pounds. Um, I didn't know that in the beginning, and that would have been extremely frustrating. I mean, could you imagine, uh, especially if I'm not weighing daily where I can see the big spike, could you imagine weighing every two days and realizing in the ba- in the past two days that you've gained six pounds? <laughs> you know, that's it's demoralizing. It sucks. Uh, could you imagine your marker for success being the inches around your waist? Let's say you measured the inches around your waist every single week. It's going to be demoralizing every time you step up there because there's like no there's no success. I mean, there is none. What if your marker for success? is working out twice a day, uh, drinking, and this is this is an Andy Frazella thing. Maybe I need to give uh, better credit to, to Andy Frazella, but he, he really recognized that these daily routines are, are wins and losses, so maybe I need to give a little bit more credit to him because I'm, y'all all know, I, I assume that y'all all knew that I was talking about 75 hard when I talked about the two workouts and stuff like that, uh, but I didn't want it just to be a, a 75 hard shill, and I kind of wanted to explain the um, the, the thought process behind 75 hard and, and creating those markers for success. So I do want to throw Andy Frizzell's name out there, but, um, that's what your success needs to be is every single day. Am I doing the right things? And then when you step on the scale on Friday and it's not exactly what you want. Okay. I'm still successful. I've done it every day for, for seven days this week. Let me tell you about, uh, this, this most recent plateau that I had, I hit 274. Um, and talk about like rock bottom. I mean, I was so excited. Uh, when I say rock bottom, I just mean that I hit that floor of 274 and that was exactly 60 pounds. I was so excited that I'd lost 60 pounds now. Um, hit that floor of 274 and then literally overnight I was back up to 278 and I had no clue why. I mean, I had eaten quite a bit of carbs the day before and all that stuff. And so I had a clue that it could have been water weight or something like that. And I was like, oh, I'm just really, really heavy 
activity this morning like go get a workout in uh you know once i get a little bit more sleep and and take a two fat you know take a few fat dumps it'll be fine um i'll drop that four pounds no problem and then what happened three weeks later i'm still weighing 275 and i'm like what in the hell man i got all the way down to 274 i've been steady losing uh, you know, almost every single day I'll go like back, I'll drop, I'll go up like a half a pound and then drop a pound or it's more accurately. I'll go up a pound and then drop a pound and a half or up a pound and drop a pound and a half. And I do that about every, I'm on like a two to three day cycle of up a pound and then drop a pound and a half, or at least I was before I hit this big plateau. Um, so over three days I would go up a pound and then overnight I would drop a pound and a half. And, uh, and you know, be it, it would start at like 274. I would go up to 275 over three days, and then, uh, and then the fourth day, I would drop down to like 273 and a half. Uh, and it, and it was, it was working really, really well. And then once I hit 274, it just stopped. I mean, screeched to a halt. And, I, and I'm still kind of there. I've hit 272. I think I hit 272 on Friday. Um, back up to 275 this morning. <laughs> like it's just ground to a halt. Okay. Uh, but, it doesn't hurt nearly as bad because I know that I'm doing the things that I need to do to move that needle eventually. I know that there's no way in hell that if I keep, you know, lowering my calories every 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 single week, my calories get lower. Uh, every single day, I'm going out and working my ass off and uh, doing two workouts a day. Uh, I know that if I keep doing that, eventually the needle will move. And so I am still wildly successful. Even even over the past three weeks, even though that my needle hasn't moved, I haven't lost a pound, uh, I need to go do an in-body to see if I've gained muscle because it, really it, it, it could be muscle gain because I've been hitting the hypertrophy pretty hard. Um, now, I don't, I don't know about that much muscle gain, but it could be, it could be pretty significant. So I need to go do another in-body. But if you just look at the scale, I have not been successful over the past three weeks, uh, but I have been. And, you know, maybe I need to tweak my daily routine a little bit uh, to get those numbers to come down. But I've been wildly successful over the past three weeks. Since January 19th, I have done two workouts a day, gallon of water, all the 75 hard stuff. I've been doing 75 hard since January 19th. Haven't had a drop of alcohol, haven't broke my diet, uh, nothing. Read 10 pages a day, progress picture every single day. I've been extremely successful for a long period of time. And so when I I step on that scale and it hits 278 i'm not that worried about it because i know eventually it'll go back down may need to make some tweaks but i'm not a failure if you, if i had nothing else to judge my success other than the scale i would be a failure for the past three weeks if those were my markers for success so uh guys i think i'm gonna wrap it up um we're at about 38 minutes which is way longer than i thought this episode would be i'm actually kind of excited about that because i thought i was gonna do a 15 uh 15 minute pump and dump and leave so um Anyway, guys, I really appreciate it. Again, hopefully this is kind of the last solo episode. I really don't like doing solo episodes. I like to talk. Uh, but I, I don't like doing solo episodes. I like to get a guest on, uh, because I, I just, I just feel like that's, I would rather y'all spend 38 minutes listening to, to somebody else, honestly. Um, but anyway, guys, I uh, really appreciate you listening. Go like and follow on Instagram. Uh, if you don't mind, rate the podcast and whatever you listen on. If it's Apple Podcast or Spotify, uh, it doesn't really take that long. And if you get value out of the podcast, uh, the ratings are really going to help me eventually try to reach people that uh, don't know me. Right now, it's all kind of my circle, and you know, I'm sharing things and uh, on Instagram. And Clint Walker will share a few things, and and I get some listens after that. And uh, you know, all the other guests that I've had on 
and have been awesome about sharing stuff. And I get other people that I don't know off of that. But uh, as far as it just being recommended to people, uh, the ratings are really going to help eventually. And it would be really cool to have a, a good base of ratings uh, right now. So if guys, if you don't mind, just go rate, like, and share the podcast on Instagram, reply to my stuff. When I put stuff out, uh, it would just help and, and only, only do it. Don't do it. If you think that you're helping me out, uh, do it. If you actually enjoy the content, uh, and you think that you get something from it, don't do it as a favor, do it. If you actually get value from it. So anyway, guys, I appreciate it. Thanks.